1: I got to tell you, this 20 minutes was the highlight of my summer. When I finished this conversation with this guest, and every time I've listened to it since then, I walk away feeling so energized. And I think I may have just heard my new favorite quote. All right, welcome to the Lean Leadership for Ops Managers Executive Series. I am so excited for this series where we really explore how operations executives can develop leaders to navigate current operational challenges while also building cultures where people can thrive. And we are kicking off today with Gary Peterson. Gary is the executive vice president of supply chain and production at OC Tanner, and he specializes in creating cultures of continuous improvement through manufacturing and leadership excellence. Across his 3 decades at OC Tanner, this Shingo Academy and AME Hall of Famer transformed the company's manufacturing operations from batch to lean while pioneering team-based procedures that allowed each unit to take full ownership of their results. Now, Gary inspires me, and I hope that you are inspired through this conversation, too. Hi, Gary, welcome to the show.
0: Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Jamie.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. You know, we met, I don't even know if you remember this, but we met years ago at an AME conference in Boston, I think. Um, And so it's great to kind of bring this full circle and have you back over here to the show today.
0: I am honored that you would ask me to be here.
1: All right. Well, let's kick this off with a question about you and your perspective. And I want to hear a value or a principle, you know, some sort of um, quote, something that embodies your beliefs about leadership.
0: So, uh, thank you. Yeah, I I think uh, for me, Uh, probably the thing that I say the most often as a way of of introducing my entire theme is is that the people closest to the job are the ones who are best suited to make improvements to the job. And and so that naturally, therefore, pulls management in and leadership in to a different type of role. Instead of being the know-it-all, the experienced, I'll give you the answer type leader, it, it, it asks that a leader become more of a coach and a mentor, a teacher, developer of, of people. And uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a strong adherent of the Shingo principle, the Shingo model, which has value to the client at the top, continuous improvement towards that value, but at the foundation is a culture that allows people to thrive at that. It, it demands respect for everybody, and, and kind of a humble leadership where, where a leader is more about how do I help you as opposed to how do I control you, direct you, make you do the right thing. So that's that's kind of my, that's kind of the, the a synopsis of, of kind of how I feel about life.
1: Yeah, I love it. And it, I, I always like to start with this question because I feel like it gives us such insight into um, who we're hearing from. All right. Well, before we jump into our, our main topic today, uh, let's talk just a little bit about uh, your organization. So you serve at OC Tanner. So tell us a little bit about your organization. Um, let us know, know what you are like, who you are, who you serve, how you create value.
0: So we're a uh, we're a six hundred million uh, annual revenue uh, global uh, company. Uh, I have operations uh, here in the headquarters in Salt Lake, up in uh, Toronto uh outside of london uh in mumbai singapore uh, australia uh we we basically our clients are the world's biggest and best companies and and by best i mean the ones who who care about their people and who want their people to feel honored and valued and appreciated so we're a global leader in software and services that improve workplace culture through meaningful employee experiences. And uh, so our customers buy our technology, and then they use it to provide employee rewards and recognition. And my team, uh, supply chain and production, supplies the awards. And when the customer wants something uh, custom and symbolic, we, we make that for them.
1: Yeah, that's lovely. And, uh, you know, what a great tie in here. Yeah, <laughs> this idea of culture here.
0: So it's kind of a chicken and the egg, which which came <laughs> first? Did I did I buy into this and therefore we became that or, or is that what I do? And therefore, you know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell us what um, the role. When you think about like improvement thinking and this idea of respect for people, um, yeah. but and this overall idea of um, you know continuous improvement, how does that play a role in the strategy of your organization?
0: For sure. So, so Mr. Tanner, who was our founder, uh, he used to talk about it, and this was back before uh, any of the current models were in place. Uh, he used to say things like. Uh, I'm I, I'm I'm hoping for a future better beyond our present best. That's a quote that our people use all the time. He talked about every day I came to work and I I tried to touch the fringes of perfection, and at best I sometimes came near. You know, this this that whole notion of we can do better, we can be better. Uh, like I say, is is in our DNA. In um, in a nutshell, I would say strategically. Uh, All of our people, every person uh, wants to provide as much value as possible to the client with as little effort as possible. And we do think of that as very strategic.
1: Wonderful. So I love that this is integrated. It's not a tack on, a bolt on yeah yeah <laughs> all right. Well, today we're talking about leadership and some of the the challenges that we face in leadership as well as um how we can better serve so so let's let's talk. So thinking about maybe the last year or two years, whatever time frame you want to yeah. use, um you know what's been one of the the biggest leadership challenges that you've faced as an organization? what if like what have you said, hey, we've got to overcome this?
0: So in the last year and a half, I don't know if you're aware, but there's been this global <laughs> pandemic going on, and that has, without a doubt, been been the biggest struggle for us. I mean, we had to figure out almost overnight uh, how to manufacture with social distancing, uh, mm-hmm. taking care to disinfect the workplace. And there were a lot of things that uh, you know we kind of said, here's the things we need to make sure we do, and I was I was very pleased that our teams ran with it, and basically figured out how to make it work. And in the end, they didn't miss a beat. Uh, we, we, we went to draconian. Everyone went home except the factory, and the factory just just pushed on. And it's interesting. At first, you know, I'd, I'd walk through the factory, and I'd see in their eyes, I saw a little bit of fear, like, you know, is this this, yeah. this is a pretty frightening situation. But after just a few weeks, uh, the look was more like, we got this. You know, we got this now. We we can we can make this work, but the but the the, the struggle, the biggest struggle I thought was, uh, I found shortly after that that everyone just kind of hunkered down and was focusing on producing, and they were they kind of stepped away from all the principles and systems that have always brought us success, mm. and it was almost like okay. The world's in turmoil. There's pandemonium. Let's just produce, and so things were stopping, like like continuous improvement, like team huddles, like problem solving, it. and and uh, and they just assumed that we were just going to hunker down. And I yeah. and, and think about that. I mean, that was maybe a month into it. Mm-hmm. If we'd gone eighteen months. Of of no improvements, of no team meetings, of no problem solving, of no strategy deployment—that's uh, a horrifying thought. And uh, we we actually nipped that in the bud very early. We said, "Look, guys, when when things get rough, you fall back on what matters to you. You fall back on your principles and systems. You double down. You you enrich them. You you do them even better than you're doing them. And as for as far as we've come." In the 30 years that we've been on our continuous improvement journey, I I never would have believed that I had to um, emphasize that as strong as I did. Uh, That was a shocker to me. And um, but but a good learning, a really good learning. And I think I think we're stronger because we adapted and, and found our way back to what matters.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably a, a relatively common reaction, even in, in an individual level, is like in moments of crisis, you know, while we, we yes, the thought is maybe we should double down, but in moments of crisis, that's tend to where, where we tend to step away and we lose sight of some of that.
0: So maybe we remember that, you know, next global pandemic, <laughs> we remember well, <laughs> that, that people need to be reminded, we we got to keep doing what matters, you know? You can't just isolate yourself and, and, you know, and and not do the big things.
1: Sure. And that crisis may look like. Um, you know, hey, we have leadership change that we weren't prepared for, or hey, we have supply chain challenges, or we're having, you know, gaps in trying to, you know, attract and retain team members. And we have some work to do on how we're leading to make a difference there. And that's when we have to double down on this, not, you know, go and find (laughs) everything
0: you just said, everything you just said, we're experiencing, and I think everybody is.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, so it sounds like, you know, kind of Saying, "Hey, we're not going to go down this path," and you you course corrected um, pretty quickly there. Any other learnings from that experience, or anything that else you wanted to share from that experience?
0: I will say that I think I think one of the areas we're still struggling, and it's becoming worse uh, the longer uh, we have people working remotely, is uh, you know our development of new custom product, our our launching. And uh, selling new custom product, it's, it's so physical, it's tangible, um, it's very personal. And, and I think having the front office marketing, client success, sales away from us is very difficult. And uh, thankfully, we'll all be, we have, we have a soft opening in July. So some people are back in the office in August, everyone will be back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't wait. I can't wait to get marketing back here client success back here. I think that the, those interactions are, are important to us. We're, we're struggling on that.
1: Yeah. Have you, I know that's been, you know, obviously a big topic for organizations is, you know, is everybody coming back? Are we doing a hybrid virtual? What does that look like? Um, anything that, that when you were thinking, your organization, you were thinking through what is our decision going to be about this? Same thing that you really considered and how you made that decision?
0: Yeah, we're doing a hybrid in the sense that you know we're a technology company, so even though my factory people you know they can't work from home, mm-hmm. but uh, some of the support people can uh, for me. And uh, uh, the whole company, if if your work allows it, is is going to be off on Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, not off, but work from home Thursdays and Fridays. And a lot of the IT jobs are working from home three, four uh, days mm-hmm. a week uh, because that because you know they can do that. And uh, But I have some of my support functions, like some of my systems team, production control, my logistics team, where we're asking them, uh, certainly my product development team, uh, we probably won't take Thursdays and Fridays uh, from home. We probably want to have them here. So it just depends on the job. I would say that come August, um, I'll bet just 70% of the people are not here the second half of the week is my guess.
1: Thank you for sharing um, you know, your experience, because I do think this is, you know, we all we all went through it and so um, and are still going through it today. We're still, you know, we're still, um, you know, dealing with some of these changes and impacts from it. So thinking about this, you know, now we have this immediate future here. <laughs> what's kind of what's next? Um how do you think ops managers really need to evolve and show up as leaders to be able to navigate, you know, the, these operational challenges with the supply chain and the employment market and all of the, the operational challenges, while also doing what you talked about at the very beginning, which is creating workplaces where people can thrive? How, do, how, do, how can they get both?
0: It's a great question, Jamie. i would tell you that before, even before the pandemic hit, which has led to these ongoing issues that you're describing in both supply chain and logistics and employment, et cetera. Uh, I was arguing that, that the business world had changed to the point where a command and control structure, uh, the old hierarchies are just too cumbersome and too slow to adapt to the client, the way the client needs are changing so dramatically. And and they're really not necessary anymore because, because now, I mean, in the olden days, which is, which is interesting. Olden days is forties and fifties of the last (laughs) century. Uh, And yet we're still clinging on to some of those leadership models of command and control. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back in those days, uh, information was not readily available. It was hard to disseminate data to everybody, and so somebody needed to be like a leader who could who could help people understand what was going on. Well, nowadays, uh, you can get your access to, to every piece of data. Every team member can see the data every day. They can see it throughout the day. Uh, nowadays, uh, I mean, you can you can consume any training you want from your phone. You know, so there's no longer this 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 corporate need to control that. Uh, the market dynamics are, are moving all over this place. And I just, I'm just thinking that the teams, we need to rely more on teams more than ever to be nimble, be more agile, to, to make the decisions at a more local and, and uh, tighter level to them uh, that allows the company to move very rapidly. If, if, if we're doing everything command and control If everything that my people do has to come from me, then I am the bottleneck and the whole organization can only move as fast as I'm able to make things happen. Uh, We have found here that having every team empowered and authorized to do what matters, things are moving so fast. I can't keep up with the changes. So my job becomes more of setting direction and vision and strategy and energy and, and mm-hmm. credibility and belief that, that's that's the new leader in my mind and let the teams do what needs to needs to be done and um, I, I think it's yeah. just a, a very big deal for leaders to change the way that they've been managing
1: yeah you know i um it's interesting that you see all this i i don't know if you know this but i uh, when i introduce myself i tell people that i am a recovering command and control manager
0: <laughs> i love it i love it. <laughs>
1: you know, it's recovering still not recovered past tense, right? Because it it is, it's an ongoing thing.
0: I mean, I think we all are. And I think when I think when you see yourself uh, fall back into the old patterns is when pressure is being applied, when emotions Mm -hmm. are high, when um, crisis gets difficult, crisis happens, (laughs) uh, our energy level drops, and we tend to move towards these less effective management uh, techniques. Uh, the challenge for all of us, all of us recovering, uh, you know, command and control people is to is to keep ourselves at this higher level that allows the trust to stay in the team.
1: Yeah. And I think what's so interesting about what you just said is that those times when emotions are higher, when there's more pressure, when all of like in these situations, which is when we revert back, those are the times that we most need this yep. people-centric leadership, and those are the times that it's easiest to slip away from it.
0: Yes, I think that is true. You know, so I have uh, my leader standard work. It reminds me every day of what matters most. I took the time to sit down and say, "What is the best use of Gary? How how do I provide value to all of my people and to this organization?" I write that list down, and then I compare that to all the things I'm doing. 80% of what I'm doing does not play to my strengths, does not play to what I should be doing. Why am I doing it? And, and the things that I should be doing uh, need to be on my leader standard work. You know, they need to tell me to get to the floor, to talk to people, to do you know, all the things that I say that I need to do. Well, if it's on my leader standard work and I'm checking it off every day, And I, and I'm leaving the leader standard work out of my desk so that anybody who wants to can come and see how I'm doing against Mm -hmm. the things that I told them I will do. This is what I will do. Uh, I think, I think that is a good step. Tell people you're going to be different. Tell people, this is what you're going to do and hold yourself accountable to do it.
1: Yeah. I love it. What a great um, tactical way that people can go, go after this. All right. So as you as you look forward to the next year, you know, what are the kind of leadership opportunities or trends or things that you you expect maybe manufacturing uh, organizations yeah. are going to face?
0: Well, let's be honest. I mean, these these global supply chain and logistics disruptions, they're going to continue well into next year. And we're all being disrupted. So, I think it's a perfect time, you know, to kind of go to our people and ask them to step up and work together to more quickly solve these problems that are in front of them. So again, I, I think, uh, I think teams make good decisions. I, I think a group of people will make a better decision uh, over time, better than I will make as an individual mm-hmm. the problem is when I make a bad decision, everyone just does what I say until I, until I fix it. No matter <laughs> how bad it is, they do what I say. But when a, team, when a team makes a mistake and they immediately realize, oh, this is wrong, they fix it. They adapt to it. They learn and they change. It's just it doesn't make any sense to me, again, in this difficult time to, to revert back to command and control because we're afraid or we're worried I'm saying, Mm -hmm. let's go back to what you and I were saying earlier. Let's keep our energy at a high level and let's trust people. Help us sit down with them and say, look, here's the issue. You know, components are going to be late. Components are going to be expensive. You know, we're going to struggle to get shipments out. We need everybody's help. You know, anything you see, anything, you know, how can we do this and get teams talking about it? Uh, I think that's the big leadership opportunity in this difficult time.
1: Yes. Love it. I love that transparency that's required when you get people engaged. Yeah. 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 We have to be honest with them, right? Yep. And And, and and they
0: love love hearing me say, I don't know how to do this on my own. This is too big for me. I'm in over my head. I need everybody's help. We need all your brains, you know, helping to solve this. In my mind, that's powerful leadership.
1: Yes. I, I I'm like I'm ready. I want to go help. And what I what I'm really hearing too is like like don't try to wait this out. Oh yeah. So don't try to say oh we have these supply chain challenges and you know when things get back to normal then we'll,
0: it's like, going to be too long. So again it goes back to the hunker down thing that my people mm-hmm. were doing early on. We can't just hunker down and say well when this passes we'll be better. It's going to be here for yeah. another year at least I think.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Good. All right. So, um, anything that that you wanted to share before we wrap up? Anything that you wanted to share that you feel like we missed today? Uh,
0: I, I just I just want to reiterate that, that I think work should be powerful and engaging for everyone. It needs to be full of meaning and purpose for every employee at every level. And so, I, I think we should all look at our sphere of influence and just kind of figure out how are we going to get everyone in our sphere of influence engaged in the results. And that would be my advice to everybody.
1: I love it. Engage our engagement, encouragement. It, I love this advice that you just gave. We're going to um, do some wonderful things. So listen up. If you enjoyed hearing this from Gary, there are ways that you can learn more. So in our show notes, I'm going to put links. You can learn just not just about the organization. You can connect with Gary, but also um, check out a tour or a workshop at OC Tanner. So there's going to be great opportunities for you to explore how Gary is leading and how really all the leaders in that organization are leading this in real life, right? So Gary, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate everything you share is really powerful stuff today.
0: Thank you, Jamie. It's wonderful to be in your inner circle.
1: Don't you feel awesome right now? you know, I was going to summarize my top one or two takeaways. So I was um, re-listening and writing them down. And I ended up with four pages. (laughs) So I basically wrote down almost everything. So here's my opinion. You should download this one to your phone, like save it, bookmark it, whatever you need to, and have it available so that you can re-listen to it when you have a little extra time, or maybe when you need a little inspiration. For now, what I'm going to call out is what might be my new favorite quote. Gary shared that Mr. Tanner, the founder of OC Tanner, used to say this, I'm hoping for a future better beyond our present best. Oh my goodness, I love this. What about you? What were your favorite takeaways? Head over to LinkedIn and share them. Tag me, Jamie V. Parker, and Gary Peterson in your post, because we'd love to see what you're taking away and be able to engage in conversation about it. So that is your next step. And if you need links to our profiles, you can grab those at our show notes. Remember, show notes are at processplusresults.com forward slash podcast. I hope you enjoyed our first episode of this executive series. And here's what's up for the rest of the month of September. September 8th, which is my birthday, by the way. Javen Lapp, COO of Keylink Fencing and Railing, explores collaboration and clarity. On September 15th, Kristen Ogo, COO of Kenmore Envelope Company, dives into growing a leadership team as your business grows. Then on September 22nd, Mark Braun, former president of Cambridge Air, talks us through the process of transitioning out and developing someone to fill your executive shoes And then on September 29th, Scott Post, COO of Pizza Ranch, joins us to share the challenges and triumphs leading a buffet restaurant enterprise through a pandemic. So be sure to tune in, invite your colleagues to listen, and share your favorite takeaways on LinkedIn. Until next time.